my wife and I, right from the beginning, though, I've had uh, role reversals, if, if you want to phrase it that way. I've been the uh, stay at home, take care of the kids while my wife goes out to work sort of situation. It's just the way things worked out. So rolling with what life has dealt with, we just kind of redefined our own, our own roles. Welcome back to the You Can Homeschool podcast, where Pat Fenner and Tracy Hegerman candidly discuss all things homeschooling, the good, the bad, and the brilliant. Go ahead and grab your favorite drink, find a cozy spot, and join this week's lively discussion. Hi, welcome back to You Can Homeschool. I'm Tracy Hagerman, also known as the Happy Homeschooler. And I'm not here with Pat today. I'm here with a special guest. And our special guest today is David Robinson. And he is going to speak to us on two different levels, which I think you'll find really interesting. The first is David was an educator himself. And so he decided to homeschool his own children. And he is also the primary homeschooler of his children. So we thought this would be a really interesting perspective to have on homeschooling. So David, I'm going to get you to maybe introduce a little bit about your family, how many children you have, a little bit maybe about their ages and how long you've been homeschooling. Sure, that would be great. It's my pleasure to be here to, to speak with you guys. Yeah, so I have four kids, family of six. Our kids are from uh, 15 years old to nine years old. So nine, 13, 14 and 15 years old. So um, uh, basically, anywhere from uh, middle high school to grade school, yet we're homeschooling them. Okay. So, what made you decide to homeschool? Was this something you had always planned to do, or how did it come about? Well, uh, at first, my wife and I, what we, even before we got married, we we talked about homeschooling, and wouldn't be love, wouldn't it be lovely, and. Uh, not so much on the romantic side, but practical side of what I mean by romantic side is not just the ideal of homeschooling, but the practicality and uh, basically a lifestyle that we knew that came with it. So what brought us to homeschooling really wasn't that, though. It was our eldest son had visual impairments, which we didn't pick up on until he got to kindergarten. But in the traditional school system, he was he was struggling and it wasn't because of his impairments so much. It was because he was with a teacher who was caustic and very brash and really shouldn't have been working with children. So that got, it sort of sped up the process of thinking about maybe we should do this. At the same time, I was trying to get full-time employment in the public school system and struggling just because of the climate. There are so many teachers wanting jobs. So I was doing supply teaching and also contracts whenever they came up. But nothing that gave me a full-time 
income, we didn't really see that uh, we'd be able to do the homeschooling thing just because of where our careers. So what led us to decision was basically being fed up with the regular school system and how they labeled the student and then put them in a box instead of assessing what was actually going on. Of course, they wouldn't say for in a million years that it was because of a teacher that my son was closing down on himself and he wouldn't he wouldn't volunteer information. He would get quiet. He, you just basically, not catatonic, but basically shutting down because of the teacher he was involved with most of the day. And uh, that proof of that was he had another teacher that he really liked. And in her class, he was very open with his answers and volunteered information and got involved. And while we could have left him in the system, we realized this was not going to serve him well because of his visual impairments. And they were not really looking at really what he needed at the essence of what was going on. But then it was, you know, I looked at your kids and their confidence that they had. They seemed to have a inner bearing uh, or barometer for where they were going and who they were. And we loved that. When he saw that it was directly a consequence of the homeschooling environment and a positive home life. So the, all those things kind of were details to, to lead us to that decision. And then we finally got fed up and said, well, we're, we're doing this, right? So, at, uh, so how long had your son been in school at that time that you made that decision to go to homeschooling? two years. And then by that time, our second son had started and he was encountering his own series of issues, always issues, right? It was never, okay, well, we see this problem. How can we come to a solution that works for everybody involved? It was what worked for the school, not necessarily for the student. Mm. Two years, grade one is when he actually started, actually he started at the tail end of senior kindergarten and I finished up the year with him. And then we started grade one in earnest Okay. So what do you think are the main advantages to homeschooling then compared to public or private schools even? Well, I wouldn't, it depends on a lot of factors, obviously, but the, the ability to control your own curriculum is a, is a definite advantage, but it's also the ability to mold self-confident self-assured, not egotistical, but balanced uh, student, but also a leader, uh, because ultimately that's what we're, we're doing, right? We're developing people skills. We're developing basically all the, the things that they will need as adults. And who better to do that than uh, parents that love their kids and can daily track what they're doing sometimes you feel like well at least I've experienced I feel like I'm too close so uh, but then on the flip side I can step back and evaluate what's going on in terms of uh, normal school like public schools they don't do any personality uh, development or maybe I say that a little wrong but uh, they don't really tend to take a an interest in, well, when you were in this doctor's appointment, you could have maybe more eye contact with the doctor when the doctor's gesturing to explain 
what she means. More eye contact would be better and it's more social, things like that. So you have a more granular control of what's happening. Mm-hmm. I, I think kids in regular school, unless you're top of your class and you ever ha- never have any problem with school, it's a struggle. They feel like they're in the middle of a wading pool and thrown in there, not even uh, with the swimming lessons, right? You have to sink or swim. And if you can swim without lessons, then you're great. And if you have any kind of struggle, you, you tend to fall a little bit off to the side. I mean, that, that was my experience growing up and it's definitely been my two sons experience when they started school. Um, so not a lot of uh, support. So in the homeschooling environment, you have that support, you have that uh, ability to uh, instill confidence in one's own abilities through proper training, right? And uh, I I look at it like uh, putting tools in a toolbox and each tool has a different application for whatever you're doing. If it's writing or math or uh, art or science, just uh, building a... uh, a toolkit that they can use the rest of their life. Okay. And so do you think that in like public school, they're not able to do that because of the number of kids or is it the philosophy of the school? What do you think are the, are, why do you think it's different in homeschooling than regular school? I think a lot of it has to do with classroom size. Uh, it's much more difficult to really have that granule uh, very detailed following of a student. Parents, generally speaking, they have a, they see everything. They often see the worst of what happens with their kids in that home development uh, scenario or the environment that they're in. But at least our experience, our kids go out and they interact with other adults and other kids and they're by far better than we, we thought they would be. Right, they they interact with intelligence. They they use great language. They're courteous and polite. They they use their minds to figure out solutions to a problem. Whereas in the mainstream schooling system, some of the, a lot of that gets sort of lost in just the from a purely academic point of view, and then some of it is just they just don't have time for it. It's just one of the dynamics that if you're in a regular school system, private or whatever it is, some of that more uh, personal development stuff gets lost. A lot of it, I find it gets lost. Um, but not that there's neg- it, not that they're bad in themselves. It's, um, it, it's what's best for your family, really. And we found that homeschooling Every year we go back to, is this working for us? Is it working for our kids? Is it working for our marriage or our financial situation? And it's always yes. It's always, uh, yes, there's struggles. Yes, there's difficulties. There's things to work out, but we work them out and uh, our kids are the better for it, definitely. Okay. So do you think um, having training as an educator, uh, as a teacher yourself, like formal training, do you think that helped you with homeschooling or was a hindrance or neutral? I would say a little of both, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Definitely a hindrance when it comes to assessment and evaluation in terms of uh, evaluating my kids and how they're 
they're developing as students and what are they learning and what do we need to improve on? My training uh, tells me I have to track every little academic step. I have to have it on paper. I have to have a uh, demonstration of learning. I have to have uh, all the uh, T's crossed and the I's dotted so that I can report back to you know, let's say the government or something like that, or the, the, the principal as it were, and, or, you know, I have a responsibility to be able to track every little thing that I have done. And I found that actually very burdensome because uh, actually talking with you, Tracy, uh, you had a way of uh, simplifying everything that I've done. And if it's too complex, it probably won't work for, for my students, my kids. And it's always been true. If it's, if it's that complicated, it's really probably not gonna work. So coming down, taking something as complex and making it simple. So my youngest daughter has attention issues, I guess you could put it, that she's, she's very um, great at focusing on things she loves to do, but things are more complicated. She thinks she can't do it and then it, almost it's a self-defeating kind of process. So sometimes I have to get her to tell me orally what she knows and then get her to go back and do the independent, write it down, uh, then come back to me, a lot of back and forth. Whereas in regular school, there's not, there's not that much time to go back and forth, back and forth, right? So I can change my expectation of what of how I get the information I need to know that she is learning versus standardize everything. So if I was going to do it orally with one student, I'd have to do it orally with all of them to make it quote unquote fair. Does that make sense? It, it makes total sense. But what's interesting is what's fair to one is not quite fair to the other because it may not work for them. And that is the essence of why sometimes the public school system doesn't work for kids or a lot of times it doesn't work because it's not customized for your for the learner it's customized for what's better for the school and some of those issues are just because it's institutionalized learning instead of individualized independent learning right i I like that uh institutionalized versus independent right a huge difference Okay, well, that's pretty interesting. Um, Now, the fact that in a lot of cases, not in all cases, but in many homeschooling families, you'll find that usually the mom is the primary educator. And then there's some families where the mom and the dad share it, depending on the subject matters. And in your family, how does it work in your family? What percentage of the homeschooling do you do? Essentially, I do 100% of the, the schooling. But I also talk to my wife. I do the planning to you and then the sourcing of uh, textbooks and things like that. But my wife does get involved if I, uh, not only when I ask, but if I, if I ask her to, to me, coming up, for example, Tim's in grade 10 and we're looking at him getting a part-time job. He's 15. Um, I'm looking, I asked her, would you consider teaching interview skills or developing a resume, things like that. She's also fluently bilingual. And so I asked her to speak to the kids in French whenever possible. And, you know, French is a 
sort of a hard language to learn when you haven't been learning it the first four years of your life. It's a difficult one to get under your belt, and my kids are having a hard time with it. But uh, but she will get involved. Uh, but leaves the majority of it for me. I, I'm I'm the teacher. I'm also the quote unquote principal. The guy who gets all the the materials, studies what uh, I think is best for my 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 particular students, and we go from there. We we always talk about it in terms of once I figure out what I think is good we talk about it we say okay for this subject you know say it's uh, English or writing when we're in grade four or five she said they're horrible at spelling I said I know it's a developmental thing not everybody's good at spelling (laughs) and I'm still not great at spelling honestly Uh, and I'm teaching them and I go oh I messed that up I look I gotta laugh at myself right and say uh, well yeah I mess up and here's how I fix it then they can learn from that experience as well, right? So we did the spelling bees for a while and really didn't get a great result, but we tried, right? So it's a, it's a back and forth, but always involving my wife uh, as part of our marriage. It's, uh, we discuss everything. She's the other part of the parenting uh, you know, equation, right? So that has to involve her equally. But I, most all the responsibility for the schooling lies on me. Okay, that's right. um, I, I like that when you talk about like the communication back and forth is so important. And I know in my own experience as well, it was constantly communicating. This is what I'm planning. This is what I'm thinking. How does this affect us financially? Like all that seemed really important. So the other point I really wanted to hone in on a little bit was when I was homeschooling, I found it really important to get support from other homeschoolers, but most of them are are moms. So in your situation, did you find it challenging to be like a the homeschooling dad? Were you able to find support in the community? Definitely able to find support. But yes, I've had struggles, definitely uh, in terms of the homeschooling um, more social environments. Uh, I've had uh, struggles with really what I call as a gender bias, basically. <laughs> a lot of men, admittedly, these days don't, not every man, but a lot of men don't take a great role. They're not a great role model for taking an active interest in their their kids and their education. They're sort of not, I wouldn't say everyone is a bystander, but many are. And also men these days aren't portrayed even in the media or even in relationships or not expected in marital relationships to step up there. They're, they're, they're um, career oriented, basically, you know, breadwinner. My wife and I, right from the beginning, though, have had uh, role reversals, if, if you want to phrase it that way. I've been the uh, stay-at-home, take care of the kids while my wife goes out to work sort of situation. It's just the way things worked out. So rolling with what life has dealt with, we just kind of redefined our own our own roles. Not that we were always happy with it, but we've we've learned to do well at it 10 years in. She's in a very good place with her job. And I've gotten very used to being at home taking care of you know the doctor's appointments the education the the um, 
the at-home stuff that traditionally women take care of with their kids. I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I'm, I'm, I can say I'm quite good at it as well. Most, and, and yeah, it was a struggle at first. So I'd say speaking with your spouse is a, a way of kind of adapting to that. Definitely, I was raised to be, you know, you're going to be the breadwinner. You're going to be, your job is your, how you define yourself. You know, three, four years into homeschooling, I was still going, is this really working? Like, I feel awkward. I feel like a duck out of water. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I, I got past that. I actually love the homeschooling thing now. But the gender, back to the gender bias thing, I just felt that in uh, homeschooling environments where it was women and their children and it was a big gathering of them, the expectation that uh, was that I was going to bow to um, or to succumb to a sort of a peer pressure sort of idea. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, admittedly, I've had probably more of a negative experience that way than most men would have. I felt judged. I've, I felt that I wasn't measuring up. I felt a pressure to follow the group, even though I didn't, you know, you know, totally agree with everything or just, you know, comments made about, you know, something, interactions with kids and things like that. My approach as a man is very different than um, what I've encountered uh, women do in a group. I'm naturally not as um, willing to just kind of cave. Uh, I, I've thought long and hard about the things that I do and why. So that gets misunderstood and it d- doesn't always lend to a positive environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I moved to where we live now, we, I had a lady just come by, oh, you have homeschooled kids. How do you know that? It was immediately suspicious, but uh, tried to develop a relationship with her, uh, just on you know getting together with the kids and doing kind of homeschooling related activities, or going to the park, and uh, that didn't really work out because then uh, there was un unsolicited advice about what I should be doing parenting wise and how you you can use time like just trying to undermine what I was actually doing in terms of they're saying okay well teaching science we use Minecraft to teach science which is a very popular game but is not at att- all attached to the uh, like physics for example it's not attached to that but she was like passionately arguing mm-hmm. with me and I said okay this is you're welcome to your opinion, but we have to be able to get along, right? It was just a lot of opinions. So I feel that the homeschooling social community seems to be, um, and not in every case, just the ones I've encountered, it's been very difficult to develop those relationships, just based on those biases of what what is normal or isn't normal, it's seen as a bit abnormal for a man to be at home and interest as interested as I am in my kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And I have a naturally non kind of hovering approach. I don't hover over my kids. I give them clearly defined boundaries and then set them loose. I've been judged for not being hovering. I, Some of those concrete life experiences teach better. Mm-hmm. You know, all within reason, of course. I find that my my own approach, I'm not an abrasive person. I'm naturally a, a peacekeeper. But I also don't just give up what I believe in 
because somebody else has an opinion. So I've basically my experiences of a lot of opinionated, unnecessarily opinionated streams of thought headed my way, but basically definitely feel judged. I've never felt judged by you in particular. I, I think my by be, by nature of being a man, I sort of challenge some some assumptions about what's appropriate for a homeschooling parent, not just a dad. I tend to be more direct, but I, I'm also very diplomatic. I find that my kids have needed my more direct approach to to not only schooling, but you know, just the dynamic of living at home, doing school, and then the rest of life, because there's the rest of life, which is half of everything else, right? Uh, they have needed that strong guidance. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't got it all figured out of what that dynamic happened, what happened, how it happened. I'm sure I, uh, I've had, I've probably made a few women uncomfortable and that it hasn't helped just because I, I'm not shy about, um, I'm not being opinionated, but I, I'm not shy about saying, well, we don't do that in our homeschooling dynamic in our family. Because, you know, if I was asking for advice, then, you know, I, I bring it on myself and I have to take it as it is. It's not a reason to kind of not get involved. But uh, we have addressed this problem, not necessarily by getting involved in a lot of uh, homeschooling uh, uh, families or um, trips and things like that, because there's not a lot of, around where I live. Um, I only know of one man other than me that homeschools and he lives 40 kilometers away. <laughs> but we do do things, you'd find other ways to get kids involved with other kids that aren't necessarily homeschooled. Yeah, I, I like that. And now you're talking about part-time jobs, which is an awesome way for them to develop. So, yes. yeah. Okay, I think we're getting near to the end of our time. So is there any final words of wisdom you would have for our audience as a homeschool dad? Any words of wisdom, things that you think like just really resonate with you that work really well to keep the homeschooling positive? Well, I think for myself, it was to give it time. Don't feel that because the process is difficult at first, that it's bad or wrong or not right for your family, because it is going to feel sort of awkward, right? It, it feels awkward from, from, uh, from women's point of view, too, uh, just getting started, getting your bearings. But also, um, if it's something you really believe in, to, to stick to it, believe in, in yourself, believe that because you are in that process of actually homeschooling or looking at it, you care enough about your kids' education and where their lives are going that that makes you automatically the best person to, uh, to look at homeschooling. It, it, by nature, because of the questions that you have, makes you the, the best teacher of your kids. And uh, find yourself at least one person that you can believe in who homeschools somebody that you can go to that will answer your questions and won't won't judge you uh will take what you say and suggest solutions that may work they may not not all of them work but simple solutions that make your life easier 
the home life with homeschooling is complex enough. So somebody adding complexity, I wouldn't welcome that. Okay. Well, thank you, David. You, you had a lot of points and it's really nice hearing the male perspective uh, on homeschooling. And I think the thing that I really took away today is, you know, the communication that goes on between you and your wife and just constantly deciding for yourselves, like homeschooling works for our family. And I love it how you talk about, you know, constantly trying to improve it by, you know, getting a, someone else in your life that you can ask questions to. So those are all just great points that you've made today. So I just wanted to say thank you for being with us today. And um, for our audience, uh, just remember you can homeschool and keep uh, plugging in and keep checking in with us so you can pick up those little uh, tidbits of wisdom that might help improve your homeschooling in your life. So that's it for today. Uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of the You Can Homeschool podcast. Thanks for joining us for another candid conversation. For more information on life-changing books, courses, and coaching services, or if you have a homeschooling topic you'd like to hear discussed in a show, check our show notes for how to reach out to Pat and Tracy.